Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll get excited for the new school year, figure out why the process of horse training has some wisdom for us mamas, and we'll learn how the classic children's book Brown Bear Brown Bear is bringing me great joy these days. This is episode 45. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in again this week. Um, Fun fact, we are growing lots of listeners each week. It's very exciting. We are up to 21 ratings on Apple Podcasts, and my goal for this fall is 100. Now, why, you ask? Well, the more ratings and reviews we have, Apple will make it easier for more listeners like you to find this podcast. So if you aren't sure how to leave a rating or review, I've added a permanent highlight on Instagram at Sunday Afternoon Mama, so you can see it just in case you aren't sure how to do it. Well, here we are. It is September. I can hardly believe it, and we are jumping back into a new school year. If you have any kids in school, you know this is an exciting transition full of anticipation, new backpacks, fresh haircuts, obligatory first day pictures on our social media, and hopes of a year filled with friendship, learning, and growth. The former teacher in me is always giddy with excitement at the start of a new school year. And as a mama, I am so happy to see my daughters embark on a new adventure in first and second grade. Little Bubba is still two years old, so he's got a while. (laughs) We are still reading uh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear and playing with Thomas the Train and loving it. And here's a fun bungalow moment for you really quick at the start of the episode this time. So my little boy says all the brown bear things, right? Like he's learning how to say all the animals in the book. So I'm going to tell you how he says them. For example, purple cat ends up being people cat and white dog sounds like wide dog, like wide dog almost, (laughs) like a wide dog. And then my favorite, uh, well, there's a couple more. So children, you know, at the end of the book, it's like children, children, what do you see? And he's like, drin, 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 drin. Like, he can't really say the children, children, which makes sense. I mean, that's kind of difficult. So like, drin, 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 drin. What do you see? Yellow duck ends up sounding quite profane, but it's totally innocent. <laughs> and another favorite of mine is when he says goldfish, like goldfish, goldfish. He's like, goldfish, goldfish. And he kind of clenches his teeth when he says it. So <laughs> anyways, if you've ever read that book to your kids, um, it's a classic and We love it around here, and all of my kids have enjoyed it, and my little boy is no exception. All right, let's get back to it and chat routines, hopes, and goals, all of the fun stuff, the stuff that I live for, right, Uh, for this school year. And now I'm just going to share the general morning routine that we have briefly with you. We've done episodes on like how to create a great morning routine before, but I think it's always worth repeating and always worth reinforcing like ways we can start off, you know, start the day in a good way. So I am still a huge advocate of early mornings. Now, like, for example, I have a cold right now and I have been sleeping past my alarm and I have not been like getting up right at the crack of dawn like I like to do. 
But, um, you know, when you're sick, of course, we're talking like that's an exception um, and, you're, you know, whatever. But I'm still a huge advocate for early mornings. And here's the, the main reason why. Your day can begin purposefully with peace because it's usually when it's still kind of dark and it's quiet and not everyone's up yet and you can start the way you want to start. It's just amazing. So for me, I'm still doing like coffee and kind of breakfast part one and like a podcast or time in prayer and reading a Bible, time with Jonathan, my husband, and often we'll go outside on the back porch like with those faux fur blankets, which are still one of my favorite things ever. Um, and then I'll go do a workout and come back and do kind of breakfast part two because the kids obviously need to eat and so I prepare their food real quick and we all eat together, but I've already had something so I'm not like fainting during my workout. I'm not one of those people that can go without anything in my stomach. And then we do some simple morning jobs before, you know, actually before we eat. So like they pull up the covers on their bed and they get dressed. And one of the best tweaks to my morning routine ever that I made recently over the summer was I was getting frustrated. Like I wasn't providing time for our girls to do some memory verses. Like we had done a really good job um, in the house and the location that we lived at before we came to this house several years ago. And when we moved, I just never established a good new routine. So anyways, I switched it to the mornings this summer and it is working like a dream. So Gretchen Rubin, who I mention often because I just really love her work, uh, she talks about the strategies of habit change. And one of them is called pairing, where you link a habit with another good habit and voila, you're more easily able to stick to it. So here's an example watching Blue Bloods on the Stairmaster. You're working out and watching a fun show. Not that I've done this, right? <laughs> this is one of my this is one of my things. So I paired the breakfast Bible story like we talked about last fall with the memory verse time. It's logical, it's easy, and it's been super successful. And another thing I did is that I had the girls write out one verse per week. So we just practice it on most mornings and writing it, of course, helps you retain it, right? And then saying that, saying it out loud re reinforces it even more. Okay, so then the girls are off to school and I come home and get fully ready for the day. So that's when I can have a shower, get my hair and makeup done and whatever and do some more stretching if I need to. And again, I always wanna say just make sure you take care of yourself and if you've got any chronic pain, like I have back pain that I need to manage so I have to take care of my back and I need to get out the foam roller, I need to stretch and roll. So just don't forget that in your morning routine, something that you might need to do to just kind of help your uh, pain level be low and help you kind of be more relaxed, anything that helps. So settling into a new year means making some adjustments to our morning routines as appropriate for the age and stage of our children and the state of health we find ourselves in. And it's good to just acknowledge we're in a new season, like <laughs> the summer's winding down now, we're transitioning. So I want you to think with me, are you feeling fatigued at all right now? Like, are you struggling in any way? Is something out of balance? So I was just thinking for this episode, like picturing us literally back in the saddle <laughs> with school and all the routines of the fall and adjusting ourselves kind of on the horse, like if you were to ride a horse to get comfortable and ready to kind of gallop off into the year, right? And I know it's kind of cheesy, but I hope it's a helpful analogy. So I looked into some things about horses and this was actually kind of fascinating and amazing. There were some really applicable tips that I found. So are you ready for this? And all of you horse lovers, and maybe if you're a horse riding like expert, please give me grace as I do not speak from any personal experience with horses. <laughs> like 
just research, okay? So I'm not making this stuff up. This is so cool. These uh, sources will be linked in the show notes. One of the articles I read about easing a horse back into routine and exercise and like, you know, after an injury was, it says if your horse has been inactive for a couple of months, all conditioning in the horse is essentially lost. You're starting at ground zero of training your horse again. And then if the horse has gained weight, it'll be harder for him to tolerate exercise too, like arthritic joints or old tendon and ligament problems may stiffen up during periods of inactivity. And even sound, healthy adult horses should be eased, gradually eased back into full work. Okay, just pause with me. Isn't that cool? Like, isn't that just like us and our children, right? Like two to three months off school, And we're not all conditioned the same when it comes to getting back into a school schedule and learning and practicing skills that you'll need in that school year. Now, summer is and should be full of rest and relaxation and adventures that you may not get to experience during the school year. It's warm, hazy, and lazy days bring deep rest, joy, and recharging. Summer's when it's completely okay to have popsicles, run through the sprinklers, and ride your bike. The weather here is definitely more conducive to outdoor play and fun in the summer months. I don't know about where you live, but that's definitely our reality. Now, one interesting fact, back to horses, (laughs) that I read was... If your horse hasn't done much over the winter, they may seem eager to get out and go, but they may not be physically conditioned to do a great job yet. It's recommended that you introduce exercise slowly, taking into account, you know, the horse's hoof condition and weight and age and health and soundness, and then kind of gradually work them, like before you do something super strenuous. Walk before trotting. Watch for signs of fatigue and stop if you, you know, overdo it. So this is super cool for us as moms, right? Introduce routines slowly, just like with these horses if you're training a horse. So teach, practice, and be patient as everyone adjusts to getting up earlier and getting out the door for school on time. The patience part, the be patient part is definitely my struggle. For yourselves, mamas, too, introduce these changes for yourself slowly, too. Like, don't expect a miracle overnight. Like, you can just switch gears and be like, all of a sudden, I'm just doing everything that I normally do in the fall tomorrow. No, that's just unrealistic. You've been hopefully relaxing and barbecuing and laying out in the sunshine with a good book, and now the days are going to start looking different again. So take into account your own age, health, soundness. Isn't that a sweet piece of advice, right? Like, Gradually get yourself healthy where you want to be. Maybe from 4th of July on, you've struggled with things like sleep or exercise or having a lot of stress or whatever it could be. Pinpoint it and make a plan, formulate a plan to change. Okay, so introduce routine slowly. That was, I just thought that was amazing. Another tip from this whole concept of like how you ease a horse back into training and conditioning is to pick one healthy habit to work on in the month of September. Maybe it's eating breakfast regularly. Maybe it's one step further and it's eating a healthy breakfast every day. I'd say like 100% that I feel better when I eat some combination of eggs or yogurt, sourdough toast, fruit, whatever. It fuels my energy for the day ahead. And one thing that helps me with habits is just to focus on how I want to feel, especially around food. Like sometimes it's, I mean, it, it is a motivation like, oh, I want to look good, but that can turn toxic really quickly for many of us. So just kind of be careful with that motivation. I would say a better one is kind of like, I want to feel this way. I want to look my best. I want to, you know, just not focus too hard on like the weight part of it, but the the feeling and the conditioning and all that. Take September and like that training process with horses, it says like gradually get yourself into condition. Do the same with your kids, you know, 
make it your goal to teach and reteach and encourage and reinforce the healthy morning routine all month so that come March, you're not still like complaining and nagging your kids like, oh, you guys don't get it. Like, how come you can't get ready on time? So let's keep going with our horse advice. It mentioned in the article that you should consider the horse's hoof condition too. And I would say for us, what are we kind of standing on this year? What is maybe one promise that you want to make sure you are grounded on? And, and your kids too, like maybe prayerfully pick something that is a family theme of sorts for the school year. One idea could be just a single word like peace or forgiveness. Another thought is to focus on a truth that you want to plant your feet on so you stand strong for the trials that may come your way because we don't even, you know, you don't know what's going to happen this year ahead of time. That truth could be something like, I am who you say I am. And that's a Hillsong song that I absolutely love right now. It's talking about walking in freedom and knowing that you're forgiven. So ask yourself, are your feet in good condition, spiritually speaking? Are you solid? You know, are you standing on truth and holding on to what is what is true? Make Make sure. Another tip for you is to walk before trotting, right? Again, this speaks to me of walking and easing into healthier habits and school rhythms. Don't put too much pressure on yourself or your kids, but on the other hand, don't feel bad about expecting that they can learn and get back in the saddle again and ride smoothly. And I would also say pace yourself, sweet mamas. I talk about this a lot. No need to sign up for 47 committees just yet, especially if you have a little one at home with you and older kids in school. There's no rule saying you have to rush into overcommitting just because, quote, most of your kids are in school now. (laughs) I think it's funny when people ask, like, when am I going back to work as a teacher? Because they're kind of like, oh, maybe when your kids are in school. And usually my first thought is like, well, I don't know, that's going to be really fun to have them all in school and have the entire day to myself, you know, to meet with friends or neighbors or get better at French cooking or explore nearby parks and farms and spend time with sweet family or just be able to sit on the front porch in the middle of the morning with a cup of coffee and just So the last tip for these horses easing back into regular exercise and routine was that you need to, as their trainer, watch for signs of fatigue and stop if you see that they're being overtaxed. The article went on to say, overdoing it when you start to ride again runs the risk of causing problems that can take far longer to correct than the time invested in preventing them would have taken. Muscular aches and pains are not something you can see very easily, but they will manifest themselves as back and gait stiffness, sluggishness, poor attitude toward work, and even the development of vices and refusals. Behaviors rooted in pain really aren't training issues, but if misinterpreted as such, they can lead to battles that can ruin your whole riding season. Ah, is okay, is this so good? This is so true with us humans too. Like if we push ourselves or our children too hard, too fast, too intensely, we will cause aches, pains, and poor attitudes. The last thing we want is to make our kids frustrated by the end of September when we have months to go of schoolwork. So keeping a positive and joyful attitude is key. And watching for signs of stress and fatigue with our kids kind of looks like this. Again, all these sources and articles will be linked in the show notes. These are kind of signs of stress in children. So just kind of tuck these away and hopefully this is helpful to you. So one of the articles I was investigating said that a lot of stress signs with kids include things like mood swings, acting out, maybe changes in their sleeping 
or maybe they revert back to bedwetting. Um, some kids have like stomach aches, headaches. Others have trouble concentrating or completing schoolwork and even others become kind of withdrawn or wanna be alone a lot. And then if it's a younger child, they can pick up habits like sucking their thumb again or twirling their hair, whatever. Like, And then if they're older kids, they may begin to lie or bully or defy authority. And the last part here, just signs of stress with our children could be they may overreact to minor problems. They may have nightmares, become kind of clingy, or have drastic changes in how they're doing in school. So the general consensus was that if you want to help our kids like stay worry-free and calm, it's like we have to make sure they are getting great sleep and nutrition, which helps boost their coping skills, and just make sure that they know that you as their mama are always available to talk and just be with them. An article from Kids Health shared that it's good to help your child cope with stress by talking about what might be causing it. Together, you can come up with a few solutions like cutting back on after-school activities, spending more time talking with parents or teachers, developing an exercise regime, or keeping a journal. Now, those were signs of stress in children and kind of ways to help, right? But with us as grown-ups, here we go. You may know this because you've gone through this, but signs of stress in grown-ups include things like irritability, anxious thoughts, weight gain, poor sleep, your face might break out, you might have tummy troubles, and the list goes on and on. There's like stomach problems, fatigue, muscle tension, headaches, sleeping problems, and then that can cause your mood to change too, and you can be like restless or have trouble focusing. You may feel overwhelmed or struggle with anger and irritation all the time. You may become sad or depressed or have anxiety that you really struggle with. That manifests itself in us too. So if we jump back in too fast and too hard, it's like that could really hurt our health as moms. So ways that we can help ourselves, these are kind of no-brainers, but like this is what the research points to. This is what experience points to. Make sure you're getting some sort of regular physical activity, right? Like moving your body, making sure you're not just sitting all day. Relaxing, right? Like <laughs> taking some deep breaths or getting a massage. Keeping a good sense of humor and not being like, ah, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Like I was at a store <laughs> recently and my son, we were going down the aisles and the aisles were very narrow. I don't know why they're so narrow in this one particular store, but he reached out, he's in the cart. He reached out with his hand and he knocked over a jar of relish, right? Shattered on the floor. One of the pieces of glass like shot across into my foot. It wasn't like a giant piece of glass, but I was like, <gasps> so at first I'm like embarrassed because I'm like, oh great. One of, one of our kids did this in the store and I have to go tell them. And then I was like, well, it was just like an accident. It's kind of a small aisle. What are you, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so I had to keep a good attitude because it was kind of ridiculous. But if I'd gotten all upset and, you know, panicked, that would have not helped the situation at all. And of course, they're able to clean it up and it's not really that big of a deal. Okay, so moving on. Another way you can help yourself not be too stressed is to keep socializing, like keep getting together with good friends and good family members and stuff like. And then the last one is to make sure you set aside time for your own hobbies, like reading a good book or listening to music. So all of those things. I Oh, and I would add that definitely getting enough sleep is hugely impactful on your mood. It's literally, I've said before, but like if I go to bed at one time, like uh, let's say 10 p.m. versus 10.30, it's a huge difference the next morning. So find your threshold and then just make sure you honor that. Like your body's telling you, I'm tired, <laughs> let me go to sleep, okay? So lastly, um, back to the horse analogy here. This is just really cool. Um, I love this part. The difference between bringing a young horse versus an old horse back to working and like good condition is this. With younger horses, realize, this is what the article says, realize they're not as strong or muscular yet. So 
lots of miles at slow speeds is the proper foundation for them. And then with older horses, that's like the grown-ups, <laughs> there are different problems. Like experts advise taking things slow again, like trusting that regular exercise will lead to improvements in their endurance, flexibility, and comfort. So again, it's just like us. Note that in both instances, taking things slow is the wise course of action. Gandhi said there is more to life than increasing its speed. And I completely agree. So let me kind of sum up all of these tips and takeaway. There's kind of a lot. I hope you've gained a lot of good ideas and, and strategies, but when it comes to kind of incorporating these concepts into our lives, the first one is to introduce routines slowly. The second one is to pick one healthy habit to work on this month. And for me, I'm going to try cutting TV in the evenings. I know it's drastic, right? Because you know how much I love TV and good movies, but it's an experiment I've wanted to try for a while. So I will, you know, I want you to comment on Instagram or Facebook with your healthy habit that you're going to do for September. And I want to keep, you know, inspiring and cheering you on. And you can do the same for me, hopefully, right? The third one is to teach and reteach your family's morning routine with the goal being at the end of September, you don't really need to do too much more reminding or reteaching. The fourth one is to pace yourself. And just real quick again, just don't overcommit, leave lots of white space on your calendar. And the fifth one is to watch for signs of stress in you and your kids and adjust accordingly. Try some of the tips earlier, like making sure you stay active, making sure you're getting together with friends and family and taking time each day to relax, put your feet up and keeping some healthy hobbies. All right, well, we're going to move into the segment called My Favorite Things. And I have a few right now that are just fun. I don't know. So one of them was hanging up these kind of decorative wall files. I know it sounds thrilling, but <laughs> my daughters each get their own. There's two of them, right? For papers. I was thinking like the drop zone after school just keeps becoming the kitchen counter. And it's just like ugh, an eyesore. So now what they're going to do is just dump the papers on the counter in two piles like one daughter, one daughter. And then I'm going to sort and toss and save everything I need to. Permission slips or papers that we need to kind of hang on to will go in those wall files. And they're really pretty. So they're not like bad to look at on the wall. And so it'll be easily visible and it won't pile up or take up valuable space on our like charging station that we have for phones and iPads, which kind of has slots that I was tending to stick the papers in and then there'd be no room for an iPad to charge or whatever. Another favorite thing was hanging up my six-year-old's wooden art painting for me. It's like this mermaid swimming and it actually goes perfectly in our kind of sea foamy blue, green, and white bathroom and she's super proud that it's on the wall so she you know it's every time she comes in to see us it's like oh there's the painting. Another one is better sleep. I've been trying some different strategies to improve my sleep and one of the basic ones is just using the scent of lavender at night like lavender oil and it's just heavenly and very relaxing. And I've also been using my sleep mask and one earplug to sleep more soundly. And the reason I have one is because I want to be able to hear the kids or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to be totally out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's been helping so much. That was kind of inspired by my conversation with Joy Dombrow. We were talking about earplugs. <laughs> you know, we mamas need to get good sleep, so do what you have to do. The last favorite thing right now is recommitting to plug my phone into that charging station, which is outside of my bedroom around 8 p.m.-ish every night. It's life-changing, right? I mean, it's just huge. If I have a random question pop into my head at night, I'm not like, oh, well, let me go look up the answer because my phone's not right by my bed. So I'm just gonna, you know, be able to relax and not worry about it and just drift off to a more peaceful sleep. <laughs> 
Okay, so we've got one more quick segment, and that is a mom win, right? Like a victory. So if you have a question or a victory you'd like me to share on the air, I would love to hear from you. So you can just email me at hannah at sundayafternoonmama.com or send a Facebook message or voicemail even. We have a number for that, 1401-371-MAMA. That's 1401-371-6262. So one of our listeners shared this with me, and I wanted to highlight it for us today. She said she was inspired from the podcast about creating calmer morning routines uh, and not letting our days begin in that crazy rush of activity. She said that this quote had also impacted her greatly. The high value put upon every minute of time The idea of hurry, hurry as the most important objective of living is unquestionably the most dangerous enemy of joy by Herman Hesse. He said that. So true. And thank you again for sharing that inspiration with us. Isn't that so the case when we rush and scurry without thought or intention, we create flurries of activity and busyness just for the sake of busyness and we miss the little joys along the way. Hurrying is definitely the enemy of joy because when you're pushing and driving yourself or your family too hard, you create stress and irritation that doesn't really need to be there. I've been guilty of this so many times and I'm working to grow in this area as always, right? So such a good reminder. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week, and please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out, too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.